Bones is on fire again, Combo. Wait, why are you talking to yourself? Combo Nation, what up? What up? What up, everyone? Welcome to episode 116. That's right, episode 116 of Combo's Court. And I am Combo. Go rate, review, and smash down on that subscribe button right on your Apple Podcast app or wherever you listen to Combo's Court. If you enjoy the podcast and like to support Check out our Patreon page. I'll put a link in the description for that. Today's show, SB Nation's Ricky O'Donnell joins in to discuss some of the top NBA draft prospects. Ricky also sounds off on Chicago Bulls head coach Jim Boylan. You're not going to want to miss it. You know you could follow me on Instagram at 12combo. That's O-N-E, T-W-O, C-O-M-B-O. Intro music by Luca Beats. Let's get into it. Ricky O'Donnell, SB Nation. Welcome back to Combos Court, man. How you feeling? I'm good. Thanks for having me, guys. Anytime, anytime. All right. Well, I witnessed uh, Anthony Edwards drop 33 and a half. That was actually the first time I saw him play. Obviously, right when you watch him play, an elite level athlete gets his shot off effortlessly with range. Um, and it's crazy because despite dropping 33, the most impressive play of the night was probably his passing transition. Why do you feel he has the highest ceiling in this year's NBA draft coming up? Yeah, well, to me, this isn't a very good draft class. I thought that from the start, uh, when this class didn't even have Anthony Edwards or RJ Hampton, I'm speaking strictly about the Americans because you looked at this class, the recruiting class, and the top high school recruits were all centers. James Wiseman, Vernon Carey, Isaiah Stewart. Those skill sets that those guys had just aren't really valued by the NBA as much anymore. Uh, so to me, this was always going to be a pretty weak class. So Edwards is the best, in my opinion, just from like the long-term spectrum of what these guys could eventually become. He's far from a finished product, but he's 15 months younger than Cole Anthony, who'd I, who I would have at number two. Cole Anthony is older than Zion and RJ Barrett. So Edwards is one of the youngest players in the draft class. I think physically he has the full package, right? Uh, he's 6'4", 220 pounds, super strong, jacked, long arms. He's got great defensive tools. I think you saw that in the Michigan State game when he had yes. blocks, a bunch of steals. Uh, offensively, I don't think he's a lost cause as a shooter at all. I mean, we just saw him can seven threes and a half against Michigan State. So while he's not like a knockdown shooter, I think that you got to respect him from out there. And who knows what type of shooter Anthony Edwards will be five or ten years from now when he's coming into his prime. Uh, and what his best skill is, is just putting pressure on the rim. So this guy is just so explosive, not only with his first step, but also just with like the way he's able to gain leverage on a defense with his drive and explode towards the basket that I think he can put crazy pressure on the rim. And when you have a guy who can put crazy pressure on the rim, that opens up defenses for kickout corner threes, for ball rotation, for beating guys off closeouts. Uh, right. I don't think that Anthony Edwards is like a no-brainer slam dunk number one pick. I think if you look at the number one picks this decade, uh, he'd be one of the weakest number one picks, probably. 
But I still think that he has a chance to be maybe a Donovan Mitchell type of player. That's become a popular comparison for him recently. Maybe a Victor Oladipo type. I don't think he's really like a total franchise changer. But in my opinion, this is kind of a weak draft. I like Anthony Edwards' work ethic, his mindset. I interviewed him right before he uh, reclassified the rising high school senior. Thought that, you know, he played the game for the right reasons. He seemed to be, you know, uh, just uh, a good dude, uh, from what I could tell over one phone call. It just seemed like he had, you know, his priorities in the right place, I think is the best way to put it. I love his physical package. So, to me, he's number one right now. This might sound like a crazy comp, but the player that just kept popping in my head, I have to be honest with what my eyes were telling me. I saw a lot of Lance Stevenson in his game. That's interesting. Now, Stevenson, I think, was just so undisciplined as a player. Uh, right. Sort of hard to compare anyone to him. I was a huge Lance Stevenson fan back in the day. I have some really humiliating tweets about how good Lance Stevenson was. <laughs> opportunity. Uh, so that was someone who I really liked and ended up being wrong about. I don't think that that is a crazy comparison, though, because at least their bodies look similar, right? They're the right. Right. Same build. Uh, so that's an interesting one. And, you know, a more disciplined Lance Stevenson could be a hell of a player. Most definitely. I mean, I always look at guys like J.R. Smith and Lance Stevenson. Guys are, like, super talented. I'm probably missing a few people that just didn't reach their potential, but the talent was certainly there, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, J.R. Yeah. another one. Guys who could just get their own shot off the dribble whenever they wanted. And Stevenson was right. a defensive player, too. People forget that he was going toe-to-toe with LeBron in some of those Heat Pacers series back in the day, so... Most definitely. Uh, what have you learned about, I mean, you mentioned Cole Anthony. What have you learned about his game early in the season? I think he's a shot jacker, man. Like, he's good, no doubt. I think that some of the Twitter draft evaluators are probably higher on him than the NBA scouts because NBA scouts, you'll hear a pretty wide range of opinion. Like, there's not a lot of NBA scouts that have him as a top two prospect. I don't think that that's the consensus opinion among pro guys. Uh, the Twitter evaluators seem to think that he's either number one or number two. I tend to agree with that just because I think the draft class sucks, kind of, to be frank. And I think that he's the safest bet to have a skill set that fits with the league. Like, his best case scenario might be like a slightly more selfish Kemba Walker, but that's not that bad of a player. It's a pretty good player for a lot of teams. I think most definitely his skill set fits with what you want out of a modern point guard, which is. A guy who can pull up with deep range, a guy who can, uh, you know, I want to say explode athletically towards the basket, but I actually think he's a little overrated in that regard. He has like open floor dunk contest athleticism, but in terms of like tight space explosion, I think he's been a little disappointing in that regard. And I think that his mindset is just score, 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 score. Like this is a guy who grew up watching Derrick Rose, Russell Westbrook. Steph Curry, he very much tries to play with a score-first mindset. Uh, you know, he's not someone like John Morant, who is such a brilliant facilitator. Yeah, uh, He's sort of like the inverse of him in a lot of ways. But I think Cole's still pretty good. Cole might end up being an NBA All-Star. Perhaps he should be the first pick in this draft. But to me, he's someone who's going to have a lot of games where he shoots you out of it himself. I don't really think he reads the floor that well. Defensively, I wish he was a little bit better. And, you know, he's he's old for the class. He's older than Zion and RJ, like I said. So uh, I like Cole. I feel like this assessment of him was pretty critical. I do think his game translates to the NBA pretty well. Uh, but I'm not as in love with him as some of my 
fellow armchair evaluators on Twitter are right now. <laughs> okay, well, you're saying it's a weak draft, and with the emergence of Doncic, is it fair to say we know it's a copycat league? Will there be more European players picked in the first round? Yeah, but that would have been the case even without Doncic. Uh, okay. No one in this class is even close to Luka or Zion. Right, right. Uh, I think that, you know, the next class, 21, 2021, is going to be really interesting with Cade Cunningham and Evan Mobley, Josh Christopher, some of those guys, Josh Green, Scotty Barnes. 21 is going to be a strong draft. Uh, as for this one, the European infusion, I think, would have been there regardless. I am not as strong in terms of my evaluation on the European players, but a guy who I really like, who I've been higher on than the consensus, is Killian Hayes. Uh, he's playing for a team called Ulm right now, I believe in Germany or maybe Belgium. Uh, Killian Hayes reminds me a bit of like D'Angelo Russell. Combo guard, really flashy offensive player. His jump shot has been his weak point, but... He throws some brilliant passes in the half court. He can hit the pocket pass. He can run the pick and roll. If his jump shot turns around, I could see him turning into a really good offensive player. I don't know what he's going to give you defensively, and I think he lacks that like high-end NBA athleticism, but I really like Killian Hayes. He, there's a couple more French kids who are good. Uh, Theo Maldon, I believe how you pronounce his name. He's a point guard, basically Tony Parker's prodigy in the top French league. His stats have been a little bit underwhelming so far. I haven't seen him play, so I can't speak that much conviction, but he's supposed to be a top 10 pick. And then we got our boy out of Israel, Denny Aviad. Yeah, so 6'9 playmaking power forward. He seems really intriguing to me. I don't know what he's going to bring to the table defensively, but great open floor passer. Uh, If he could shoot a little bit, maybe he could be like Nikola Miritic. Maybe he'll be an even better player than that. Uh, given the fact that you can put the ball in his hands, let him make some decisions. So I do think you're going to see a ton of European players and non-college players in this draft because, you know, you factor in LaMelo Ball, you factor in RJ Hampton, and, uh, you know, it just seems like a down year for talent on the college level to me. Gotcha. It's a down year, but have there been any surprises, anybody that wasn't really on on the NBA radar before the season that are actually on the NBA radar now? Yeah, I like Obi Toppin. Yeah, tough. Yes. He's a guy who was really good in the Maui Invitational. I think he led all of NCAA in dunks last year. So he's a late bloomer. I mean, we've seen that with a lot of guys, Russell Westbrook, Jimmy Butler, to name a couple off yeah. the top of my head, even Steph Curry. Uh, guys who, you know, didn't have the pedigree that you look for, but who just, you know, busted their ass and improved their games and put themselves on the map through nothing but hard work. So. Toppin, it's really going to come down to, like, can he shoot? But I think his athleticism is pretty impressive. He can rebound. So, you know, that's a guy who's opened my eyes this season that I didn't realize uh, he had as much game as he did coming into the year. Ricky, man, uh, we'll get back to a few prospects, but uh, I'll give you some time to rant. Um, How would you grade Jim Boylan's tenure in Chi-Town? Oh, man, I got asked to be on the local news today to complain about Jim Boylan, so I did that. (laughs) Uh, Jim Boylan's the worst NBA coach I think I've ever seen. I lived through the Tim Floyd era in Chicago, too. Boylan is just such a moron on every single level. Offensively, the Bulls are second to worst in the NBA. They're 29th right now. Defensively, their coverages are just ridiculous. They're blitzing the pick-and-roll ball handler like Jason Kidd used to do, and he was ruining the Bucks. And then as a leader, he's horrible. I mean, he's constantly throwing his players under the bus. He seems like a buffoon every time he talks to the media. Uh, he has to be the worst coach in the NBA, and the Bulls being 6-14 and 14 after 20 games a season is an outright humiliation, and everyone in that organization should be fired. 
<laughs> wow. Okay. Back to prospects. How do you feel about Nico Mannion's game? Um, how do you feel like his game will transfer to the next level? Because I'm looking at the boards and he seems to be pretty high on the list. Yeah. To me, he's kind of been the guy who I'm like, maybe he's better than Cole. Maybe Nico's number one. Like, I don't know. I think this we'll see. You know what? You know what's crazy? I would I would think that Cole maybe back in the early two thousands might be a better prospect, but in today's NBA, it might be Mannion. You know, because he's more skilled, better footwork, uh, shoots it well. So I might agree with you. Yeah, I want to see more tape on him before I drop my official Nico Mannion take. But it's been pretty <laughs> impressive. I mean, all I see are these highlights where he's hitting these insane floaters. Seems like he's right. ridiculous touch, which is really important thing to look for for an NBA prospect. Uh, I don't think that, you know, he doesn't have the top line athleticism defensively. He probably, uh, is going to be on the weaker end, but like, he can't be worse than Trey Young, right? Like Trey Young's probably the worst defensive player in the NBA. And that guy's still a hell of a player. His offense might not be as brilliant as Trey, but he still seems pretty damn good. So I like Nico. I want to watch more of him. Like I said, but I think that he's probably a top five prospect in this draft. And I think he's moving up. I would say, you know, Nico's been a guy who's really opened my eyes this year. Uh, I didn't know if someone with, you know, that level of athleticism and someone who doesn't project as a plus defender, how high they could really go on this board. But the more I watch him, the more impressed I am. I think he has really elite touch. He's looking at him on his floaters. Uh, he's hit some amazing runners and floaters this year. He's a really good pull-up shooter. I want to watch more of him to see, you know, just how – athletically talented he is but his skill is very impressive and the more i watch nico the higher he rises on my board i think that he's someone who's probably a top five prospect right now and could go even higher than that do you like do you like mellow at number one uh i mean not really but there's nothing else in this draft that you can really cling to like i'd probably put mellow five okay so if you were making a mock as of today what would it be top five yeah. All right. I'm going Anthony Edwards, number one. I'm going to go Nico, number two. I'm Nico? Cole, number three. Nico Mannion? Yeah. Number two in the whole draft? I mean, I, I want to watch more of him, but he looks pretty good so far, and I'm just – I haven't been impressed enough by Cole. Wow. Okay. So, give me Nico, two. Give me Cole, three. Give me Maxi four. Give me – Actually, give me Isaac Okoro for Maxi five. Wow, no yeah. wise, no Wiseman in your top five. Oh no, no, I've been a Wiseman hater since I've seen Wiseman play a lot. I watch Wiseman play at USA Basketball for a couple straight years. Their October mini camp, I watched him play in the EYBL. He wasn't even an All EYBL performer on their top three teams. This is the number one recruit in the country. Uh, I do think that, you know, he'll be probably a better NBA player than he is a college player. And he's probably a better college player than he is a high school player, just given how he's used and, you know, what the shape of those games look like. But uh, centers are a dime a dozen, man. And, like, if you got a center who can't shoot or can't pass, I mean, what are you really doing? Like, you can get Robin Lopez for the minimum contract. You're really going to invest a top five overall pick in – a center who's mostly a run and jump guy, like why? Well, G- well, Giannis, as of now, he got his jump shot better and his passing has gotten better. But a few years back, he really didn't even have either of those skills and was okay. I mean, Giannis was never a center though. Giannis was a wing. Got you. Okay. Wiseman's great center. Like Wiseman's not handling the ball. He's a five all the way. He's okay in transition when the help defense comes and he could like he could get into a euro. He got decent feet. Hey, I hope you're. I mean. 
I'm definitely open to my critical Wiseman. <laughs> I would actually love to see it. Yeah. I spoke to him before. He's a really nice kid. Uh, and, you know, I think that the fact that he's being treated this way by the NCAA just makes me root for him more. Right. Uh, I would love to see Wiseman be better than I think he is. But to me, he just doesn't have a ton of skill. His skill like, he's a center who can't dribble, pass, or shoot. So he's mostly going to be used like a Capella. I mean, Capella's a hell of a player. But Capella's kind of like the maxed out version of that archetype to me. Where he's someone who's just running the floor super hard every possession, right. picks, catching lobs, rebounding, blocking shots. That's still a valuable player, but you got to be really, really, really good because there's a bunch of guys who can, you know, theoretically perform those tasks. So I might be wrong about this, but in my initial mock draft, I put Wiseman at nine. That was back in June. Uh, I would not move him up after seeing how he's played this year. Granted, he's only played against low-level competition and has looked pretty good in doing it. But to me, he's probably around the ninth or tenth pick instead of, you know, the first or second pick. So, so give me the top five one more time before we move on. All right. Well, I'm totally winging this, man, because I haven't, I haven't really thought it. <laughs> all, That's what people good. want. They want raw picks, right? Right, right. So <laughs> I'm taking Anthony Edwards, number one. Uh, I'll go Nico, number two, I guess. This opinion might look terrible, but let's just go with it for now. Uh, I'll put Cole Anthony number three. I like Isaac Okoro number four, and I'll give Tyrese Maxey number five, and then we'll put Denny and Killian Hayes six and seven. And okay. Lamelo six, seven, eight in some order. Okay. Okay. All right. You spoke to the NCAA. Players will be able to uh, profit off their likeness. Um, what? But what percentage of student athletes will you do you actually think will be able to benefit from this? I don't know. It's hard to say. I mean, these people are just making so much money off the NCAA tournament TV deals, literally billions of dollars. It's so shameful. The athletes can't get a chunk of the pie. In terms of the likeness rule, I don't, I mean, I'd be lying if I said I know how this is going to affect players. Like, certainly at the mid-major level, probably the low-major level, the D2 level, it's sports that aren't uh, money sports like basketball and football. You probably won't see the needle move too much, but you know, someone like Zion could have made a ton of money if he's going to go play college ball. If Lamelo right. Ball would have played college, he could have. He would have been the most talked about player in the country this year. It would have made the college season way more fun. Yeah, he would have uh, got paid soup just off his social media presence. Like, no doubt. You know, yeah, yeah. I think like for the top level guys, it impacts them. Even if you're someone who's going to Northwestern, like how much money are you really going to get? I don't know. Maybe an Evanston car dealership hooks you up with a endorsement, <laughs> something like that, but. Uh, I, I can't really speak with conviction about that, so I, I'm not totally sure, but I, I'd love to see it happen. I want to see how it's going to play out. Ricky, you're always welcome back on the show. Uh, where can we find you? Find all my work at SBNation.com. I'm writing NBA. I'm writing college basketball, so look at those two pages. I'll be there. Thanks, Ricky. Talk soon. Thanks. Thanks for listening to Combos Court, and big shouts to Ricky for joining in. We appreciate you. If you enjoy this podcast and like to support Check out our Patreon page. I'll put a link in the description for that. Don't forget to rate, review, and punch down on that subscribe button right on your Apple Podcast app or wherever you listen to Combos Court. Also, take a screenshot of this episode. Post it on your IG stories. Tag me at 1-2-Combo. That's O-N-E-T-W-O-C-O-M-B-O. I'll repost it. Be on the lookout for episode 117. Combo out.